Blog Talk Radio.
sure what is going on. Is Jennifer on? I haven't heard of mine. I'm unsure about that. James, are you and Lily on? Yes. God bless you. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. It sounds like we have we're interconnected with someone else. Yes, my name is Matthew. Matthew. Yes, I'm, I'm connected with Hi. Matthew James and Lady Alicia. Oh, okay. I was like, there's a voice on here that I don't recognize. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> Okay, okay, that makes sense. I was like, wait a minute. I know James's voice. I know Lily's voice, but who is this other person? And where did they come from? (laughs) How did you get here? So um, So I'm not sure where Jennifer is at. Here, can you hear me now? We can hear you now. Well, praise God. Praise the Lord. we are so excited. Um, yeah, so it's been a couple weeks since we've been on the radio, and we are really excited about tonight um, doing this broadcast uh, with Reaching Out Radio International and Pioneering the Frontier. It's always an honor and a blessing to come up here to just glorify God in love and unity with our family that is from Michigan, uh, Pastor James Anthony Woods and his beautiful wife, Lily Woods. Um, it is an honor and a blessing to have you guys on with us tonight. Amen. We're glad to be on. Hallelujah. So we we have uh, a lot of questions that we would love to ask you guys, just some, you know, simple uh, Q&A, uh, just to get to know you better for the listeners. Um, so I guess our first question that we'd like to ask is, how do you, 
when do you remember the first time the Lord really was like calling on you? Wow. Well, maybe I'll let my wife go first. <laughs> 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 be serious, right? <laughs> We're just going for the deep, right? We're just going deep in it. <laughs> oh, but we just like to say we just appreciate um, Pioneer Ministries for um, just having us on, and we just honor uh, Jennifer and Lisi and all the pioneers who have been so gracious and kind to us. Um, over these past couple of months, and they're just not fr- just not friends, but we consider them family, and so we just speak blessings and honor, and grace and the mercy of God over each and every one of you. And um, to answer your question, for me, um, I was raised in a godly home, and so to a certain degree, my parents were that tug of God for me initially, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I think my because we grew up, um, ironically, in very parallel situations. Um, I mean, our parents were, like, identical, and our upraisings were identical, and it really started um, from our families and from our parents, but it didn't end there because we had to, you know, receive Christ for ourselves and not just, you know, vicariously through family. And so we both had our journey with the Lord, and we also had our journey, you know, far away in the pasture, you know, drifting away from the good shepherd to a certain degree until we learned to recognize his voice for ourselves. And it's really been a journey even from uh, what many would call religion into uh, truth and clarity And so we thank God for that journey and even bringing us into, um, you know, what people would call or what we even call the prophetic or supernatural, but just that deeper intimacy with the Lord, um, having the daily relationship with him, daily talks with him, walking with him in the cool of the day, if you will. Um, It's really been a journey. Um, It's been a learning experience has been uh, a lot of laughter, but also a lot of tears, as as well, um, because it's all it's been like a chipping away, um, where the Lord has really just been getting to the core of our hearts and the core of our existence uh, and identity, and so that's just a little bit just to scratch the surface, I believe, for both of us. So how did um my question is anytime I see um people that are that are kingdomly connected in marriage because you can tell um when a couple is is married and they honor one another and they and they love each other with a godly love you know you can you can see that and you can tell the difference and the first thing I remember about you James when you came on the prayer line is one of the first things that you did was you gave honor to Lady Lily and that I actually, I mean, that blessed me from from that day forth. I was like, they are they are who they say they are. You know, it 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 touched me deep in my soul because I'm married as well, and so I understand um, from the wife perspective how it what that says, what that means. You know, to have your husband recognize you like that and to bring and to bring honor to you. So my question for you guys is, how did you actually meet? How did you guys? Um, come to be James and Lily Woods. 
Amen. Um. I started going to a ministry in Lansing, and um, I did not know, um, you know, that my husband was affiliated with the church that I was going to. Um, So him and a couple of his um, friends would come over to the church and um, and help the ministry out and everything. And um, and so actually, um, (laughs) it's funny because. I wasn't even looking at my husband um, at the time, you know, and so we were just going along and um, and going along, and so the pastor ended up saying, um, you should talk to him, and, and I didn't know that he was telling my, whispering in my husband's ear, you should talk to her. <laughs> and so basically almost to make a long story short, um, we went on our first date, um, at Applebee's in um, Lansing, <laughs> and um, we were talking and um, trying to get to know each other, and um, it was just really, really amazing. Like, um, I mean, I felt like that, um, I was like, it felt like I've been knowing you for a long time already. Like, it was like our spirits or something just connected, Um but my husband was really, really, really shy, you guys. He was being really, really, really shy. And so mm. I was, like, pulling it out of him, <laughs> trying to pull it out of him. And he was, like, really, really being shy. But then, you know, he opened up. And so um, from there, you know, um, we just really started going out and um, getting to know each other. And um, within uh, a year, was it a year? I don't even well. I don't even think it was a year, and then the following year we end up getting married. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it because y'all just flow so well together. You know, you can just you can feel it. Like if 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 you're, I mean, because I have never met you two like face to face, but I've been on the phone lines with you guys, and we've we've had discussions. But you can just feel it. You can feel the Holy Spirit is there. You can feel the honor. You can feel the love. And um, I just want to tell anybody that's listening to wait for that, to wait until you feel that, to wait until you know that God is there. Because you guys had to have known, like, the Holy Spirit is here, that, you know, it was kind of an arranged marriage in a way, because I'm sure the Lord was whispering in that pastor's ear. You know what I mean? And and it makes a difference. It makes a difference when you have someone that – um, shares the love of God just like you do. And I also want to say too, um, the people that's listening, please have an open ear to what God is saying, and whatever that you speak, know what you're saying. Because I, what I was asking God, I said, God, I want a man that love you more than um, he will love me, and that's how I know that he will treat me good. And so when you ask, and I ask God to send me somebody that will pray over me, like if I got sick or if something would happen, you know, that I wanted him to be able to pray over me and pray with me and so we can pray through things. And so that's how we started our relationship. The foundation was built on prayer. Me and my husband, we prayed in the morning 
before we went to work, every morning, me and my husband would call each other and pray before we went to work. And this was before we got married. We would pray, um, call each other on our lunch breaks, and we would pray. And then we would pray before we went to bed at night. So our relationship was built on prayer. And so people of God, just find, you allow God to send the right person and ask God for what you want because God sent me exactly what I asked for. And I thank God for it. Amen. Hallelujah. So since we're talking on this subject, <laughs> this is, feels like a, a subject has been birthed. Um, it's it's very interesting. Um, you know, he titled. Uh, I asked James. You know, do you have a title for, you know, what you're you're going to speak about? What the Lord is laying on your heart? And and he said, uh, a table is prepared. And it's so beautiful that it's just what we're talking about just flows right into the title of what what he um, had suggested for this broadcast. Um, and it, that is the most amazing table to be invited to, is to be invited to his table. And I love what you said about, you know, praying and asking God for someone who loves God more than they love you. I was just declaring that <laughs> in my living room the other day. And uh, it's just such a, an accelerated uh, confirmation. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, it, it really speaks so clearly, <laughs> and I love, I love how you guys love each other, and you can truly see um, the love of Christ, and not just how you love one another, but in how you love the church, how Christ loves the church, and how you yeah. guys are are so willing to serve the people that are within your ministry. Um, And that touches us in a way that um, makes us feel even more so, even though we're so far apart, we're close at heart with you guys. And that is why I am constantly saying, you know, Lord, let, let us all be in a marriage with you first. Yes. Let us all be in a marriage with you first so that that way, you know, the things in the natural will line up with what you have in store for us in the supernatural. So I guess the next question I have for you all is um, what is a God story that you have that you Hold each other to encourage each other, but what is also a God story that you have that you remember from when you guys were, I guess, first courting to when you got married um, that you tell others to encourage them? Wow, it's like we we have so many. <laughs> you got enough <laughs> that stand out, but. Um, one that I would say is, um, and it really ties in, and I, and I really appreciate the, these questions because I know that they are God-breathed, you know, and I know that they are God-inspired and God-led because one of the biggest challenges in life is, you know, becoming one with anything, 
You know, most people can't even become one with their self, <laughs> let alone with another person. Amen. And so that is a huge challenge. But I remember um, one night, you know, I had to take my wife to the hospital, you know, and, you know, she was laying in the bed there, you know. But, you know, I laid right on the floor of the hospital in the emergency room because, you know, I wasn't going to, to leave her, you know. And it really reminded me of um, the message on tonight. And I don't even know, most of the time, I don't even know what God is going to say. So, like, when I teach or preach, people always say they enjoy it so much, but I really die a thousand deaths because I really don't know what the Lord is going to say or what he's going to bring out. But, you know, God always does a great job. You know, he gets 10,000 thumbs up from me. But I laid there on the floor of a hospital and, and God was like, you know, this is what love is. And as it relates to the message about, you know, the table being prepared, you know, I, I thought about the dogs that were mentioned in the Word of God and how even the dogs eat the crumbs. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not always what's on the table, but God began to show me all these different prepositions, you know, like under, over, through. But all these things really relate to the table that he has prepared. And God said, you know, and he's saying to me right now, I didn't have this revelation then, but he's saying right now, see, son, that is you eating the crumbs under the table. And uh, many people are not humble enough mm-hmm. to go under the table. You know, they're complaining about what's on the table. You know, sometimes you cook for children and they're like, I don't want that. And, you know, they're like, well, that's what we're eating. <laughs> but sometimes, you know, as a parent, you still get them something else because, you know, you want them to be happy. You want them to be satisfied. But it's not until you get to that place of desperation in life where you're like, you know, I will even take the crumbs under the table because whatever even falls off of the table of the Lord is still good. Every morsel of what God prepares is good, even if it falls off of the proverbial table. And so, you know, that's, to me, that's exemplary of love, of like being there when it's, you know, inconvenient. Like love is like really, is is being there even through inconvenience. You know, and, and that is what is important, not just what can be done for me, but truly what can I do for my spouse? You know, what can I do selflessly and not even look for anything in return, but just if I can just focus on giving, you know, the Word of God says and, and tells us so so profoundly you know, that God so loved the world. He didn't just love, but he so loved. You know, there's an adverb there that really tilts the dimension of the word so loved that he gave. And so it's not just love, but it's a soul love that will mm. cause you give, you know. And so a person can say that they love you, and, and to be truthful, but they don't so love you because if they so love you, then they'll eat the crumbs for you. They'll do those things under the table, behind the scenes, to help, 
you know, a lot of people will say, oh, whatever I can do to help you, I will. But, you know, it's not until, you know, they're just willing to do whatever you ask them to do. Um, and that's what just, you know, is so amazing about Lisi, you know, and how she serves the ministry because she's not just lip service, but she's there, you know. And, and not only there, but will do what actually needs to be done, you know, and so I just wanted to be there for my wife and just, you know, love her no matter what, because that's really what it's all about, you know. And, and so I've become a new creature since I've been married, and I think that's that's what it's supposed to be about, you know, um, because sometimes life doesn't begin until you're married in some aspects, because mm. <laughs> it becomes a road of selflessness, but it always points us to Christ and his amazing divine love for us. And that's why I love Song of Songs so much, because it is a powerful account, not just of the spirit of the Lord, but of the emotions of God. You know, uh, because God, he doesn't just love us, but he so loves us. And, and I, I believe within that very short word, S-O, is also wrapped emotions in there. You know, because you can love someone um from a almost intellectual point, well, this is my child, so society says I have to love him. So yeah, I'm gonna love you because society says. <laughs> but that's not really love if you're doing it because somebody else tells you to. But when you do it, and you don't even know why you're doing it, but you're just doing it for selfless reasons, then that's love. So that's one account for me. Uh, you know what's interesting about both of your answers in combination? It's almost like. You were in my home because I literally had um, Brother John um, Clements, when he comes on the line, I was talking um, to him. And every time I talk to one of you guys, it's just another um, confirmation that God is hearing the things that I'm saying to him. Because I told John Clements, because we were talking about the same subject. And you know how I call you guys James and John, you're the sons of thunder. <laughs> so <laughs> for me, I just told God the other day, and, and you know I cry a lot. <laughs> so I'm really trying to hold it back right now about how good he is and how he hears everything that we say to him. And I told John, he mentioned the dogs under the table, and I said, John, I said, if I had to lay face down and eat, I'm not kidding, you can ask him. I said, and this was just yesterday. I talked to him for about an hour and a half because he had been praying for my cousin who just passed away. And I just told him yesterday, John, if I had to lay flat on my face, just to be able to consume a piece of manna from the Lord's table, I would stay flat on my face and eat the manna from the floor. So I I believe that this is so multidimensioned and so textured in what we're talking about because to lay flat on our face, is to also be in a place where we are putting ourselves lower to put God on high. When we're flat on our face, there's a manna that we receive from the table of his grace 
that is like no other manna that we can receive. Being prostrate to the floor to worship the Lord in a way that opens up the eyes of our hearts to see how good he is, is a whole different dimension. So between what Lily just said in combination with what you just said, that is how we become one with Christ. Yes. To go lower, to put God higher, and even if that means we have to stay on our faith, to receive that delicious manna, even if it's just a crumb, it was worth putting ourselves lower to put God on high. Yes. Yes. I'm blown away right now. I, I thank you guys. I thank you guys so much. And, and I think sometimes, you know, we get so excited about what God is doing and how we, and it's even more proof too that like, our words are so powerful that in the spirit there is no distance. You're in Michigan, I'm in Virginia, and Lisi is in Georgia. But yeah. what we declared in this house just yesterday, both of you are speaking of it today. There's an acceleration in the atmosphere that is an acceleration to the mobilization of God sending his faithful bond servants out two by two. And it is always such an honor to hear what the spirit of God, the spirit of God is saying through two open vessels who are married to in that come together to speak a word that inspires others to come together as one with Christ first and to stay prostrate, to receive that manna from heaven (laughs) so that we can receive those things that we declare and decree because he is always listening. And, you know, Jennifer, um, to add to it, just because you all are, you know, when you when you come as one, you still shouldn't get comfortable. There still should be that foundation. Me and my husband still, to this day, as my husband is driving to work, he calls me and we pray together even before we get on the prayer line. Yes. We pray together that God give us what to say and pray over each other, you know, before we get on the prayer line daily. And so it it can't stop just when you get married. You have to keep the consistency. That's what God is looking for. for. Yeah, it's the beginning. He wants the consistency from the people. Because a lot of times we get too laxed and we get comfortable and when we feel everything is going good, it's like, oh, man, we could take a break. No, when you take a break, that's when our hell breaks loose. 
Amen. And that's when the enemy comes in because you leaving a door open, a window open so he can come in and have his way. And so you have to keep the gate, you got to keep that gate up and guard it. You got to stay in the face of God. And especially in this time, we need to keep our faces. And Jennifer, you told me that um, about the crumbs. You told me about that earlier as well (laughs) when we were on the phone. So when my husband said it, I was like, we were just talking earlier. Uh, Do you see that, how amazing, like, how the Spirit of God is speaking and he's releasing these words, but there's such an acceleration on, you know, our, and I know you guys have heard me say this before, but, you know, we receive a download from him and then he confirms it. And I always say, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I've heard it three times and now it's time to apply it, so the confirmation, um, or revelation, confirmation, affirmation, and then it's application, and that's when God says, okay, I've shown you three times, and now it's time for you to either apply, apply it or deny it. It's the same thing with choices, you know, with anything in life, um, whether it be something that God is, is showing us, um, if it's something that God has spoken to us through his written word, the Bible, um, if it's something that we've received prophetically. Um, and, and I love how he does that because it develops the fruit in us so that the fruit that we're bearing, um, I was talking about this on another broadcast the other day, but the, food, the fruit that we're bearing is now that sweet aroma. It's not that um, bitter fruit. It's not the fruit that falls off the tree and lands on the ground and, and is rotten, you know, it's, it's a different, um, (laughs) what God is doing with us is, is accelerating those things that he revealed to us. And, and in that acceleration, like that was just revealed Lily, you know, yesterday. And then I was sharing with you there and then look tonight, it was just it was affirmed. So now we have that revelation, the confirmation, and the affirmation in less than a twenty-four hour period. Yes. So, you know, there's going to be some big things that happen in twenty-four hours. I'm believing, and I, I'm I'm taking notes as we're talking because, um, write it down, make it plain. Um, See that? But yeah. If I he, can say that, that's what it's all about. Is you know, as we we all are on a journey of maturity, we all are, and we all are moving from being bridesmaids to being the bride. You know, yes. I mean, we're we're in the wedding, but you know, it's a journey of be, of, of sliding over. <laughs> you know, uh, that that shift, even mindset and heart set, from being you know more like a, a bridesmaid or as the Bible describes it, daughters of Jerusalem, to being that mature bride that Christ, he himself adorns and and showers uh, with his love and and with his ravishing and and lavishing. Um, Hallelujah. And so it's, 
it's that maturity that the Lord is calling us to, you know, not just this competitive, prophetic, you know, new ministry in town who just tries to come in like a whirlwind and sweep the community up. <laughs> but it's, it's more about love and relationship than, than what we realize. And, and I, I thank God for you all because you all get it. I mean, you really do. You know, it's 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 this love thing, not who can get the deepest revelation, who can wow the most people, who can get the biggest crowd, but it's about love, relationship, and commitment, just as our bridegroom loves us, uh, has relationship with us, and is committed to us. Um, this is so key, and this is so powerful for us to... Um, Understand, because when you go through the valley of deepest darkness and you feel yes. as you're going to be overcome with fear, it's yes. who you already have, that he doesn't just remain close to us, but he is within us. And this is our strength, and this is our peace, and this is our, our comfort. And, and this is wh- how we model ourselves and, and honor. You know, I honor you all. I, I do. Yes. I honor you and, and love you. And I, and that is the spirit of Christ, and you know it. And the thing is, you can feel it. It's tangible. Yes. <laughs> That's Christ. It's not, well, how can I wow the people on a radio show and become popular and, you know, be known and all this other stuff? No, it's about Christ. Him being known, because one thing I've learned about 2020 is just how fragile life is, how mm. fragile life is. And and I, I tell my students at school, because I do teach face-to-face and I teach virtual, but I tell the students at school, and I love them all, they are so precious, high school students, and I tell them as they're listening, I say, you live this moment as if it's your last you give every moment yeah. best shot. And that's the way we conduct ministry here. We give every moment our best shot because it may be mm. your last, you know, um, because that's what you'll be known by is what you did last, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so to love and to honor and, and on this prayer line, I cannot say it enough. I honor Pioneer, and I'm telling you, Pioneer Ministry was Nearly the best thing that happened to us this year. I mean, and oh. everything you all go through and everything that you face and all the mountain experiences and valley experiences, I'm telling you, it's worth it. It's worth mm. it. It's when a person you know, is in. Uh, go ahead. I'm so sorry. Um, you know, I, I've got goosebumps everywhere, and I'm sorry, Lisa, but I, I have to share this with you guys. Um, you know, when that tree fell in front of us, I I seriously thought it was going to land on my son. And it landed closer to me than it landed to my son. And I knew God was trying to show something bigger because, you know, we dig into these wells and and we know that we're digging these ancient wells that Abraham and Isaac dug. We're digging these in the spirit. 
and we're digging them for revival. Um, but there's so many layers to what's being said right now that is a complete confirmation of what the Lord has been revealing. Um, the kingdom of heaven, you know, Jesus declared that the kingdom of heaven is like a tree in Matthew thirteen thirty-one through 32. And the only thing that ever harmed, that Jesus ever harmed, was a tree. In Mark eleven twelve through 14 and 20 through 21. And the only thing that could kill him was a tree. The cross was made from a dogwood tree. And what is, takes my breath away about what you're saying right now is that we do, you know, we were walking on a trail. I I took a picture and I was walking and talking with God. And before we walked on that trail, I pled the blood of Jesus over all of us. It was not a mistake. It was not, it wasn't a mistake to go down that trail. It was necessary so that it will bring us back into remembrance of who Jesus is and how powerful the blood is. The blood of Jesus will never lose its power. Jesus was the new Adam who came to redeem all of creation. And in heaven, there's a, that's a place where the leaves of the trees heal all the nations. And when we look at the end of um, the Bible in uh, Revelation 22, 1 through 2, it says um, that was uh, like, as it was kind of like an underscore of, you know, the forest metaphors, but trees are mentioned all through the Bible. And what he says last is, I, his last I am statement in the word of God was, I am the root and the descendant of David. And that was all the way over to Revelation 22 and 16. And the Lord is saying from Genesis to Revelation that God himself blazed a trail of trees through the Bible. Yes, come on. And he loves us so much that he sent his son to be crucified for us so that we can live in righteousness through Christ Jesus and the blood will never lose its power. And my friend asked me after, she said, what made you plead the blood over us before we walked down that trail of trees? And I looked at her and I told her, Jesus. And um, you're so right that we have to wake up and open our eyes and give God the praise and glory that we, we see another day. Because someone else said it. We have to give him all the praise. 
because it is an honor to serve God and to serve one another. Amen. To not just be blessed, but to be a blessing. Yes. And um, I just, it takes my breath away with how good he is and how gracious he is to us, even in our wretchedness. Yes. My son was only four feet away from where that tree fell, and the tree was so big, you guys, I couldn't even wrap my arms around that tree. That's how big around it was. And it landed 12 inches in front of my feet, just a foot away. And when we were shaken to the core, I believe that's what God is doing with us right now. He is shaking us to the core. So that we can say less of me and more of the King of Kings. Yes. Come on. Come on, God. Yeah, because that's what we're doing in our house, too. I mean, not many people know this, and uh, the first time I'm going to even say it out loud, except for Jennifer knows, is my husband and I have both, um, by the Lord's leading, quit our jobs and gone into full-time ministry. So we are literally right now leaning on the arm of our beloved. We are, as you just described, going from a bridesmaid to a bride. We are being taken through a season of total being totally stripped of ourselves and learning how to be nothing but a servant so that when we come out of this, we don't have to depend on anyone but Jesus. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is I declared this. I declared this over us standing right here in the, the same room I'm sitting in now. And I was just telling the Lord, I don't want to be dependent on the worldly system. I don't want to be dependent on this. And next thing you know, I'm not depending on anything but him. So everything that you're describing, everything that you guys are saying from what Jennifer's saying, what you've said, what Lily has said, and if there's anyone listening, if, if you're finding yourself in a, in a season where you're learning to lean on the arm of your beloved, where it looks like things are being taken away from you, I just want to declare over you that um, God is changing you. He's changing your status from a bridesmaid to a bride. Yes. He's yes. maturing us. He's he's teaching us. He's guiding us. He's leading us out of the wilderness, out of the, the dark seasons, out of the troubled seasons, out of the seasons where we're having to, you know, struggle and toil. He's taking us out of that, and he's leading us into the promised land, and we're on the cuff of something great. Come on. Because, I, you know, I truly believe that 2020, it was prophesied in the beginning of 2020 that it will be a year of perfect vision. And um, I believe that has happened because we have been awakened. We have been shaken. We have seen things. We have drawn closer to him. We went into what most people thought was isolation, but we know was actually preparation for the, for the majority, for most of us. Um, he has humbled us beyond belief. That's why for me um, – that's why honor is such an easy thing for me because I know Jesus came to serve and not be served. So I live my life under that same guideline. I don't yes. come to be served. I come to serve. And and he'll elevate me in, in due time. God says he gives grace to the humble. You know, the meek will inherit the earth and all of these verses. And I don't do it because I'm looking for something. I do it because God came to serve. Jesus served me. He served me on that cross when he shed his blood on Calvary. And I think that's why where a lot of people miss it 
um, and that's what he's doing during this time. So just hear, hearing you guys talk is like um, giving me a lot of confirmation in my own life, and I hope for the list. I hope for other listeners as well. Is that you know when we have love, when we have honor, when we have unity, when we love with the love of Christ, when we allow Him to shake us and you know rattle us loose from from our golden calves and our you know things we think we need, um, because the Lord told me flat out, He said, "Lisa, you're not dependent on me; you're dependent on your independent. Mm. You're dependent on what you can do for yourself. I want you dependent on me." Mm. And I was like, "Wow!" So now I find myself in this situation. But I'm grateful and thankful for that because I want to be that mature bride. You know, I want to be that. I want to be that song of songs. That's what I've been saying lately. So you wouldn't know this, but that's what I've been saying. I'm going to come out of this leaning on on my beloved. Yes. And that's in song of songs. So I mean, I'm I'm actually blown away. Just like she is, I've got notes all over the place. We we both have our pen and paper ready. We're like, we know with James and Lily coming on, there's gonna be some words released. We're we're gonna write them <laughs> down. <laughs> and I'm just praying that other people are getting this as well. You know that um, Christ loved us first. You know we didn't choose Him, yeah. and all He's asking from us is just to love and to love each other. And when we do that, it says we have we have obeyed all the commands. All of his commandments, if we love. So whether we're married to our spouse, whether we're married to Christ, whether we're married to um, in whatever partnership, whatever relationship we have, if we do it from a place of, of humility, if we do it from a place of love and honor, you know, our lives would just flow. We would just flow because God can God can rest in those places. He can reside in those places. Um, that's a kingdom. That's a kingdom concept. Honor, love. So thank you for well, what you're yes. saying because you're helping me. Yeah, you're helping me a lot. You really are. So I hope that you know others are are catching this as well and um, and taking notes and writing this down because this is some very powerful stuff. Um, you know, because we a lot of us have gone through COVID and people have lost jobs, but I want them to understand that they are being prepared to be the bride. They're yeah. being prepared to be lean on the arm of their beloved. They're being prepared that no matter what happens on this earth, in the mighty name of Jesus, they will be dependent on the Lord and Lord alone. They won't have to wait on the stimulus check. They won't have to wait on an employment check. They won't have to worry about where it's going to come from. They're going to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, no matter what happens, that God is going to take care of them, that God is their source. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Yes. And I think that's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So another question for you all, and then I, I think we'll take a break because I'm so excited for the piece that is going to be released on here this evening through um, a song to come forth from your wife. Um, but just as, just one more question, just so that other people can just kind of know you know, if they're going through something um, and they feel like they're just really being pushed beyond their capabilities, that they can relate to us because we can share with them, you know, some of the things that we've gone through. So um, was there ever a time that you really felt, and this could be you or Lily or both of you can answer, has there ever been a time where you really felt pushed beyond your capabilities and you just 
felt like what we are believing that where we're at right now um, and felt like you just had to rely on God to overcome whatever challenge you were facing? Yeah, I would say like right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm just like, there's just so much going on, Um, you know, and when you're sensitive to the spirit, like you all are, you know, there's certain things that you just can't even stop from sensing. <laughs> and so it's like every moment my spiritual, every moment my spiritual senses have been heightened. It's like a spidey sense. If you know Spider-Man, you know, he kind of starts tingling when something's about to happen. But it's like yes. this year, um, this this thing about discernment, has really just been off the charts. And there have been things that there's been levels, and we're going to talk a little bit about this on tonight. The Lord said just give the people like a series of um, wisdom commercials, like Super Bowl commercials in the spirit. <laughs> um, mm, yeah. Many topics, but one of them is discernment and like what that actually is and like discerning the Lord Versus just, you know, discerning dark dark things, but like, you know, being able to discern the Lord and discern the things of God, you know. And I was reminded of Second Kings, um, and this really inspires me in this season where, like, so much is going on. And, like, sometimes I'm like, God, you're stretching us. Can we even be stretched any further, <laughs> you know? Of it's just like one thing after another, but God is faithful, and we are so super encouraged. Um, but I would just remind everyone to read Second Kings because this Second Kings chapter two just baffles me. And this is, you know, I believe when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind, and, and the Lord was speaking to me just the other day and said, "We're in the season of the Elishas, where some Elijahs are going to." go up to heaven in a whirlwind. And I was like, God, what does that mean? You know, and so Elijah going to heaven did not mean defeat. But Elijah going to heaven is a whole nother level of victory. And so it's how we discern things. And so Elisha was able to discern the Lord, even when Elijah was saying, stay here, you know, Elijah said that uh, several times. Now, if Elisha was not in tune or was not discerning the Lord, he would have just stayed. And so the first time Elijah said it, Elijah said, well, I have to go to a place called Bethel, you know, and Bethel represents the church. You know, there is a challenge even within the church, (laughs) even if you're called to minister to Uh, the bride and the body, but there's still a challenge of Bethel. But Elisha Mm. didn't say Elisha followed. And Elisha always repeated this. And I really believe that this is a word for the body of Christ. As surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. Now, that prophetic declaration is important because that also means that what you are saying, you will not leave, it also will not leave you because Elijah, check this out, Elijah never left Elisha. (laughs) The mantle was the manifestation 
of Elijah, not just an anointing. See, a lot of people are chasing anointings, but they could care less about the person. Elisha was sometimes lost in the teaching of this account is that in the time that we're in now, you should love the fathers. You know, you should love people genuinely, not just what they have to offer or not just a, 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 an anointing or, or something that they have to give because Elisha was really willing to love Elijah. And the word of God really evidences that when we look closely into it. But he always says, as surely as the Lord lives and as you live, I will not leave you. And so they keep going. And as they go from place to place, they run into this group of people. I call them prophet mockers <laughs> because you have to pass the test in this season of people who will mock you. And they will mock your relationship even with certain people or they will mock your calling to a certain degree. And so these individuals that were mocking Elisha, they were genuinely in the school of the prophets and they genuinely had gifts. You know, these were not false prophets, but these were immature prophets, but they were almost enjoying knowing that Elijah was going to go away and that Elisha was going to be abandoned. Some people, oh, I hear the, I feel the anointing. Some people are going to try to rejoice when you look like you have been abandoned. But really, we're going to find out that Elisha was never abandoned. <laughs> the ones who were mocking him, they were actually the ones that would end up being abandoned. And so throughout the entire situation, Elisha always replied that as sure as the Lord lives and, and as you live, I will not leave you. And Elisha told them to be quiet. And so in this season, we have to know also how to tell the mockers to be quiet. And so then they went on, they went to Jericho, and the same thing was repeated. And so they go from Bethel to Jericho, and then they go all the way to the river. They get to the Jordan River. So you have three tests that all of us will have to face. You will have your church test. You will have your uh, Jericho wall test that you will have to command to come down. And we all will have these rivers that we are commanded to cross. We all will have our Jordan. But throughout all those three tests, Elisha stayed consistent in discerning the Lord. And so we must discern the Lord through everything that we go through. And instead of saying it's the devil, you know, know that the Lord has given you provision to make it to Bethel, to make it to your Jericho, to make it to your Jordan. And the mockers will not stop, but eventually they're going to see what's going on because when it's time for the mantle to drop, guess what? Those who were mocking him, those prophet mockers, <laughs> half prophet, half devil, kind of like people, amen, they did not cross the Jordan, amen. So they were watching everything that was going on, but they had to watch from a distance, amen. So they were, so, so really the very thing that they were mocking, they, their mockery blocked them. 
see, when people mock you, what they don't understand is they're creating a Jordan River between them and a mantle that could have been theirs. Hallelujah. And so Elisha was in position, but Elisha wasn't at a distance. He was right there to receive something from the Lord. And so when Elijah took his cloak and he rolled it up and he struck the water with it, and the water divided, amen. And so this was a great miracle, again, that everyone was seeing, amen. And Elijah turned to Elisha and asked him, he said, tell me, what can I do for you before I am taken from you? And then Elisha says, let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. A double, why, why a double? Because he knew. That whatever Elijah had on him, amen, with a double, he would be able to go back and face the mockers, amen, and face the same river that he saw Elijah cross, amen. He would be able to cross that same river and operate in a great level of victory and even receive those prophet prophet mockers back. Mm-hmm. And so there is a maturity in this season. Amen. Instead of saying, God, destroy these people who are mocking you by mocking me, amen, there's a, a divine grace that will fall upon them. There's forgiveness that would fall upon them, even though they were speaking against. Yeah. Lord, there is a mantle that has now fallen on me that's not me worth me losing trying to get somebody back, amen. And so that's one of the little uh, tidbits the Lord wanted me to give tonight is you pass your Bethel, pass your Jericho, pass your Jordan, amen, and then there's certain questions that will be asked of you. But out of the wisdom of, of God that's given to you, you will know what to say, as Elisha did. But Elisha Amen. He was most concerned about his father, his good friend, Elijah. Amen. He wasn't, like, rejoicing, per se, in that moment when he saw the chariot of fire, amen, go up. That was the first time that they had really been separated, amen. And Elisha, his demeanor, and the the word of God says, when Elisha saw this, you know, he didn't say, yay, yay. You know what he said? He said twice, my father, my father, because that was a sense of separation, the same separation that Christ felt when Christ was on the cross, when he said, Father, Father, have you forsaken me? Amen. Because in that moment, you know, you don't always understand. You just, all these uh, abandonment issues come back on you and you say not again i found somebody that i could connect with and now god you're taking them away too but what god wants us to know is that they really haven't gone any anywhere because as a matter of fact unless they go away then something greater cannot fall and so god says even in this season do not be shocked when you see great people seemingly go away but it's part of their divine plan because what's going to come after they're going away is a mantle that's going to give the people that remain a double, amen. But those that it falls on, glory to God, are, are genuinely going to have love for these people, like Elisha did, amen. And, and so when Elisha saw him no more, he, you know, the first thing he did, he took off his garment, 
and tore it into. See, this is the part we don't always focus on. Elisha took off his garment, and he ripped his own garment. And what the Lord is saying, this is the season where we must rip our own garments first before you can receive the double. Amen. You have to rip a double. <laughs> you have to rip your past, rip your own way. Amen. And we know in, in Jewish tradition, amen, the, the ripping, you know, really represents a, a type of grieving. And God says, yes, I know that in this season you have grieved so much. But God says, literally, the moment that you tear your garment is the moment that I give you a brand new garment, a brand new cloak. God gives you the double, but you have to tear up your double first. And so Elisha ripped his double first. So that he can receive the double from Elijah Because you can't wear your clothes And then try to receive clothes on top of it See some people are trying to keep their own way Their own thoughts your own way. You got to let it go And that's really what Lisi was was talking about Whether she realized it or not that, that she is doing really what Elisha was doing Ripping everything from the prior life Because now everything that she's receiving She knows God And even as the the shofar is blown in her home And and all of these these, You know, God will change everything He'll change the sound of your home He'll change the fragrance of your home He'll change all these things But you have to empty out You have to rip your garments You have to rip it, hallelujah So you can receive the double Amen Amen that's beautiful. <laughs> God is so good. So I th- I'm going to pray, um, and then we'll have uh, Lily. Are you ready to sing for us? <laughs> yes. Okay. So our Father in heaven, we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you that you are healing healing the places that need to be healed, Lord, Um, whether it be divisions between friends, neighbors, brothers, sisters, um, that still come up and fester at times, Lord, that you're healing them according to James 3, 16 through 17. Father, we thank you for providing, for providing the needs of all of your children. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you, Father, for the word that's coming forth. We thank you, Lord, that you are meeting those even in their loneliness through your spirit. (laughs) Lord, we thank you for your strength because it is by your strength alone that we get through. And thank you for strengthening our faith. Thank you for strengthening our faith. Thank you for never giving up on us because we will not give up on you, Lord. We thank you for never giving up on us. Lord, we thank you for the Bible. We thank you for your word, for your word is truth. We thank you for good teaching and sound leaders. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for testimonies, the testimonies that are coming forth, for your glory your glory that's filling the earth, Lord. We thank you, Father, for creating us longing in our hearts, longing in our hearts to reach out to many people in our regions and other regions, in our nation, 
and other nations. Reaching out to them and letting them know, even on this broadcast, the transformative power of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for rekindling the desire for worship and prayer, not just in the lives of those that may not know you or may just have come back to you, Lord, but thank you for rekindling the desire for worship and prayer in the lives of Christians. Thank you, Father, for helping our brothers and sisters know that their value in your eyes, despite what society tells them, is all that matters. And thank you, Father, for turning away what the enemy tended for evil into good, for all for your glory. Because everything we do, we want to do it surrendered to you, Father, to bring glory to you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So now, everyone that's listening, we have an amazing woman of God, Lily Woods. Um, I was listening to her sing. She doesn't even know it, but I was listening to a, a post that her husband had put on Facebook. And when she sings, she just releases such a piece. And I asked her today, instead of playing what we're hearing on the radio or playing all the new upbeat stuff or playing, you know, gospel hymnals from back in the day, we we wanted to hear Lily release peace under the sound of her voice out to all the nations that are listening now. So here is Lily Woods.
Father, 
we're on the radio and I don't even have words to say of how much peace that just brought and and the tears were flowing and um, such a cleansing that's happening right now. Anyone that was listening to you sing, um, such a refreshing cleansing and peace that was brought onto the radio this evening. Thank you so much, Lily. Thank you, Lord. You're so welcome. Hallelujah. Bless you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. Yes, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Mm. Wow. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence on this line this evening. Thank you, Father, that we can just feel you. We feel your presence, Lord. Near and far, Father, we feel your presence, Lord. We thank you for saturating this broadcast this evening, Father God. We just thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, for reminding us to consistently humble ourselves before you, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you for the peace that was released through our sister, Lord. We thank you, Father. We thank you for it was the voice of angels that we heard through her, Lord. We know we know yeah. the things that that you are doing, Lord. We see it. We hear your voice, Lord, and we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for what you have already done, what you are currently doing, Lord, and what you go ahead of us to pioneer the frontier to make a way. So yes, we praise Lord. your name, Lord, and we thank you, Father. You are the pioneer, the engineer of all things, Father, and we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, O oh God. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. We thank you, Father. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. So just um, as everyone is just really soaking in that peace and soaking in what what was just poured out, Lord, I just ask you to fill Lily back up 
Fill her back up to overflowing, Lord. I thank you, Father, for the anointing that you've placed within her, not just on her, but within her, that anointing, Lord. Thank you, Father, for the new songs being birthed out of our sister, Lord. Mm, We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Mm. And we thank you for James too, Lord. We th- we thank you for James um, for being such an amazing leader and such an amazing teacher and pastor. Yeah. And we thank you, Father, for the relationships that are not just being built between us that are here on the radio, but. There are so many different things that um, Pastor James and his wife offer, um, and I'm hoping that at the end of of the broadcast we'll have them talk about some of that. Right now I I would just like to introduce to everyone once again, if if you're just joining us, we have on Pastor James uh, Anthony Woods and his wife, Lily Woods, and she just blessed us tremendously with a song um, straight from heaven so beautiful so I'd like to introduce to you all and uh, we'll just ask you James if if you don't mind sharing with us what the Lord is really laying on your heart um, for the body of Christ for such a time as this Amen, Amen Wow, again I just honor the spirit of the Lord and honor uh, my wife Lady Alicia, Amen, for just ushering in such a peaceful uh, presence, Amen um, into the atmosphere uh, We just appreciate her so much And appreciate all of you For being uh, participants On tonight in this amazing uh, Prayer Experience, amen And word experience and love experience um, As I was um, Saying before, I believe God Really gave me a series Of commercials for the body of Christ On tonight um, Maybe not just one Overarching word, but um, one of them I just shared from Second Kings chapter two. Um, but another thought um, that the Lord was just laying upon me was in John chapter one, verse forty-five, and the Lord is saying that He knows you. He knows you, um, just in the way that the Lord. Knew Nathaniel even before he called Nathaniel. Um, it was a very simple account, but it was very powerful. In John chapter one verse forty-five, it says, "Philip found Nathaniel and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph.'" Now Philip was introducing. Something to Nathaniel that Philip thought was new to Nathaniel, and it was new to Nathaniel, but it wasn't new to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus already knew Nathaniel even before Philip knew Nathaniel. And so here Philip is informing Nathaniel about some things, and this may not really seem significant, but it is extremely significant even to the time in which we live now. And I'm going to bring out the revelation. He says, Jesus of Nazareth, 
the son of Joseph. Now, that seems like a harmful description, but sometimes a description a man can cause people to have bias. <laughs> now, Philip didn't know this, but Nathaniel actually had a bias within him. And so what the Spirit of the Lord is saying in this moment is that we are dealing with people um, globally and, and nationally, amen, and maybe even locally, who have a bias based off of where you come from. See, when Philip was sharing with Nathaniel, he was sharing with Nathaniel from a place of excitement, from a place of newness, from a place of revelation, uh, that a journey that they all had been on, that finally they had found the one Moses wrote about in the law. You know, but Nathaniel really wasn't focused on that. Nathaniel was focused on, oh, he's Jesus of Nazareth. He was more focused on Nazareth than he was focused on Jesus. Now, I use this a lot when teaching uh, some of the basics about the prophetic, because what the prophetic does is it also guards you or it becomes a type of force shield even against people who would use where you're from against you. So instead of them looking at the bigger picture and saying, oh, this is a man of God or this is a woman of God, instead of Nathaniel saying, wow, you know, this is the one Moses wrote about, yes, he was focused on the fact that, oh, this man is from Nazareth. <laughs> and so Philip is focused on the fact that this man is from heaven, <laughs> And here Nathaniel is focused on, oh, he's from Nazareth, and can anything good come out of Nazareth? And so when we go to the 46th verse, that's what he says, Nazareth. Can anything good come from there, Nathaniel asks. So Nathaniel, instead of allowing the message from Philip to uh, be spiritual, see, uh <laughs> God can use you as a Philip, but there are going to be some Nathaniels that you're going to minister to. You're coming to them with an actual message, either from God or of God or about God, but then you will run into some Nathaniels that will be more focused on the carnal part or the natural part of things than the fact that, wow, this is heavenly. <laughs> This is amazing. This is not earthly here. All Nathaniel could say was, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? And so in, instead of focusing on God's power, amen, he's focusing on carnal and earthly things. And so one of the things we have to fight in 2020 is when you are bringing a spiritual message to people, but yet they will focus on the carnal aspect of what you're saying. You know, just like when you're you're building the things of God, whether it's spiritually or naturally, you have some people that are more focused on the color of the carpet of a church or what color the chair should be than the fact that that is the place where the Spirit of God dwells. Amen. It is important for us to focus on the invisible, not just the things that we can see with these natural eyes, but it's time to receive a spiritual message spiritually. And it's time out for receiving spiritual messages carnally. Amen. Hallelujah. Because to be carnal or to be in the flesh is literally 
enmity with God, or it is the enemy of God himself. Amen. So Nathaniel was more focused on where Jesus seemingly was coming from naturally than the fact that he was the son of the living God. Amen. So he says, Nazareth, can anything good come from there? And so then Philip says, well, come and see. So in the 47th verse, amen, when Jesus saw Nathaniel approaching, he said of him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. <laughs> now, this is interesting. <laughs> and so Jesus is able to, to prophetically call something out, amen, that was going on uh, on the inside of this man. Uh, he was able to call out something that Nathaniel was like, well, there's no way that he could have known this. So even though Nathaniel was operating in a carnal sense, amen, Jesus combated his carnality with something spiritual. And Jesus says, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. The 48th verse goes on to say, how do you know me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And so in this one experience that Nathaniel has with Jesus, Jesus demonstrates to him that I am not just a mere man, but I'm operating in a level that you not yet know of, but I'm operating in a level that if you follow me, and if you follow me, even without worrying about your past, even about worrying about what you're doing right now, but if you allow everything to go, amen, and you follow me in this moment, then the same word that you are hearing from me will be the same word that will transform your life. And so one word or one encounter with Jesus will take someone who is carnal, and it will cause them to ask a question and say, well, how do you know me? Because the reality is, is that Jesus knows every single person. As a matter of fact, he doesn't just know them, but he knows the number of the hairs that are even on your head. And it will cause people, it will cause communities, it will cause regions, it will cause nations, it will cause the entire world to eventually say, well, how do you know me? Amen. And Jesus will say, I saw you, amen, while you were still under the fig tree. I saw you before you saw me. I knew about you before you knew about me. And that becomes a testimony of the very prophetic nature, amen. Jesus wasn't just the nature of the prophetic. He is prophecy. Amen. He is the prophet. He is the prophetic on legs. He's the prophetic on wheels. He's the prophetic with wings. Amen. This is Jesus, the son of the living God. Amen. And so this one experience changed Nathaniel's life. Amen. And then Nathaniel declared in the 49th verse, Rabbi, Hallelujah. So Nathaniel went all the way from saying, can anything come good out of Nazareth, to saying, Rabbi. Now, why am I saying all of this? Because God is saying there's going to be a great change even in this nation. Amen. People who were doubters, people who were mockers, people who were criticizers, amen, they're going to turn around and they're going to begin to say, Rabbi, because they're going to begin to know that there was no way that 
somebody could have known about them. There's no way that somebody could have known them in the secret place. There's no way that somebody could know that they have never encountered to know certain things about them. But the spirit of prophecy is the spirit of Christ. Amen. And he calls him rabbi. (laughs) You are the son of God. So literally, Nathaniel went from being carnal, from being spiritual, because of a prophetic word. And so I'm sensing a prophetic word moving over the body of Christ, amen, like never before, but also a prophetic word moving over carnal people, amen, people who are not saved, people who are not thinking about the Lord, people who only see Jesus as, oh, he's from Nazareth. Is there anything good that can come from Nazareth? And you can even apply this to yourself. You can apply this to your own life and how people may view you. People may say, oh, this is just her. And she, you know, this is this can't be God using her in this way. But once you open your mouth and once you release the word of the Lord, it's going to cause people to worship God. It's going to cause people to call the Lord Rabbi. Amen. Nobody had to tell Nathaniel that Jesus was the son of God because, remember, Philip didn't even say that. All Philip said was, well, this is the one that Moses wrote about, but Philip didn't say that. But out of Nathaniel's mouth, Nathaniel declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. And not only that, you are the king of Israel. And so Nathaniel began to even prophesy right back to Jesus. And so, in other words, the prophetic that goes out to a person, amen, is going to cause them to even prophesy right back in you. So the same people who doubted you, the same people who didn't believe that you were truly called of God, God is going to use the prophetic word that is released out of your mouth, and he's going to cause them to prophesy right back to you, just like Nathaniel did. And Nathaniel declared, and Nathaniel said, Rabbi, You are the son of God. Amen. You are the king of Israel. And this relates to what I was just telling you about. Amen. In 2 Kings chapter 2. Verse 15, amen, because what happened was after Elisha, amen, received the mantle from Elijah, the same prophets, glory to God, who were mocking him, the same ones that mocked him at Bethel, and the same ones that mocked him at Jericho, and the same ones that mocked him at the Jordan River were the same ones who later on, you know what they did? They literally bowed down to the ground, amen. You don't believe it? You don't believe it? You can go to Second Kings yourself in the second chapter, amen, and you will see, amen, if you read the second chapter and the 15th verse, amen, you will see what happened after this experience of all the things that Elisha went through with these other prophets, with these other uh, individuals that really should have been supporting him along the way. Amen. But hallelujah, God is going to show who he is with in this season. Amen. Just like uh, God backed up Jesus. Amen. God backed up Elisha. Amen. And these same ones are going to turn around and prophesy. Amen. Into your life. So regardless of what you're going through, regardless of what you're experiencing, the Lord is saying, hold on, hold on, amen, because I'm going to read to you 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 15. It says, the company of the prophets, I call them prophet mockers, amen, because that's truly what they were doing from Jericho, who were watching, said, the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. 
They were the ones to say it. <laughs> they were the ones, amen. Even before Elisha could say the spirit of Elijah is resting on they said the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha, and it says, and they went to meet him and bowed to the ground before him. So God is saying, everything that was mocking you yesterday, I'm going to turn it around. God says, I'm going to do a 24-hour turnaround. Amen. And the things that were mocking you before, God says, I'm going to cause them to prophesy and to have a revelation and to bow down to the ground. Glory to God. Somebody ought to give him praise on this call on tonight because God is amazing and he is awesome. Amen. He's telling us. Encouraging us that regardless of who is trying to judge you based off of anything, your gender, your race, where you're from, amen, God is going to disprove it. But don't allow anything to keep you from prophesying and speaking the word of the Lord, amen, because as you release the word of the Lord and not give up, just like uh, Elisha did not give up, amen, and just like Jesus did not give up. He didn't say, oh, man, they're focused on the fact that I'm from Nazareth. Uh, Maybe, you know, that, no. Because he knew who he was, and Elisha knew who he was, and Elisha knew what he was after, and Jesus understood what he was after and what he was called to do, even though the journey would cause them suffering. Yes, your journey may cause you suffering, but do not allow the suffering to turn you around, because you shall, hallelujah, make it through your Bethel, and you shall make it through your Jericho, and you shall make it over your Jordan, and you shall release a word, amen, that will bounce right back at you through the ones who were not believing in you or who were holding where you're from against you. God is raising up a company of people. He's raising up a generation of people, amen, that shall partake in the greatest awakening that we have ever known. But you ought to know that the hordes of hell have been released against humanity, but I tell you, there is more with us than is more against us. And God is going to use the people of God like never before. So be encouraged in this hour. Be encouraged in this time and release that prophetic word. Amen. Discern the Lord. Just like Elisha discerned the Lord. He didn't discern what they were saying. He, matter of fact, he told them to be quiet. Amen. Jesus wasn't offended by Nathaniel, what Nathaniel said. Did you see the strategy of the Lord? Do you see what Jesus did? Instead of Jesus rebuking him, what did Jesus do? Jesus, you know, saying, what did he do? He turned right back to him and he prophesied. He said, oh, there's a man with no deceit. <laughs> See, Jesus knew what he was doing, amen, and so we have to uh, be strategic with the prophetic and not get into uh, word fights with people and not get into debates with people, but just release Mm -hmm. the word of Lord, and then tell them who they are, amen. Don't tell them who they are, but tell them who they are in God. And regardless of what they're telling you, you tell them who they are in God because they will have to relent to the word of God, and they will have to bow down to the word of God because there is nothing more powerful than the word. So do not relegate yourself, amen, to a, a, to a confrontation, that that really tries to draw you into a carnality where nobody wins, but you stay in the place of being spiritual. 
Elisha never allowed anything to stop him from what he knew he had to do and who he had to stay close with. You stay on your journey. You remain importunate. No matter what, you stay focused. No matter what. And God will continue to give you levels of revelation. And he will deal with you in discernment and to not quit. Even when everything is telling you to quit, when everything is telling you to give up, the Lord will continue to give you streams and rivers and avalanches of communication in this season. And he's not just going to communicate to his people in one way. Amen. He's not just going to communicate to you through discernment, but he's going to communicate to you through your thoughts. He's going to communicate to you in visions and impressions and seeing in the spirit and his external voice. Yes, his external, many of you are going to hear his external voice, and he's going to deal with many of you in trances and some of you in open visions, and some of you are going to be caught up in the spirit, and some of you, yes, are going to hear audible voice, amen, but it's going to draw you into a place where the Lord is pulling us from fake news, and he's pulling us into the good news, but you have to understand that the Lord will even speak to you, glory to God, while you are sleeping, yes, while you are sleeping, hallelujah, even in Genesis chapter 28, verse 12, we have a beautiful account there of Jacob having a dream. And the thing about Jacob was he even had a dream while he was resting on a rock. <laughs> Amen. You know, sometimes we're so concerned about the softness of our bed and the softness of we got to have five and six pillows. Amen. But but <laughs> Jacob didn't have any of those things. But just because he didn't have a soft pillow, that did not stop him from having a dream. And so prophetically speaking, the Lord is saying, even though you lay down in a hard place, amen, the hardness of your situation is not going to stop me from speaking to you and giving you revelation. And Jacob had a dream about a ladder that rested on the earth, amen, but it reached all the way up to heaven, and God's angels were going up and down the ladder. And I believe that these weren't just talking about uh, celestial beings, but this was talking about you and I. We are angels in the earth now. We are the ministers of Jesus Christ. We are the contemporary angels. We are the contemporary. No, we're not celestial beings in that sense. Amen. But we are the messengers that carry the message of the Lord. And so we go up to the Lord and we receive from the Lord fresh bread for people and we deliver fresh bread for people at all times. And that's really what Elisha was doing. His mantle was not just for them. But even the ones that were mocking him, amen, they were the first recipients. Some of the people in your ministry, some of the some of the people that you're going to bless first are the very people who didn't believe in you, who didn't support you, amen, because the Lord is teaching you that in order for you to go forth, you have to go forth in a pure stream. You can't go forth in resentment. You can't go forth in a spirit of trying to get people back. You can't go forth in a spirit of passive aggressiveness, but you have to go forth in a pure stream, amen, and you have to be willing to forgive. Jesus didn't hold anything against Nathaniel. Elisha didn't hold anything against those prophets, amen, who were mocking him, amen. But they were the first participants. Nathaniel turned right back around and prophesied that, yes, you are the Son of God, and yes, you are the King of Israel. Who told him that? Amen. The spirit of prophecy came upon him. And you're going to have people that are going to come into your life that came in your life for one reason, amen. They're going to end up blessed 
blessing you, and they're going to end up prophesying into your life and confirming who you are in God and in the natural. So Nathaniel didn't just say that you're the son of God, but he also prophesied amen, who Jesus was in the earth. And so people are going to come to you, and they're going to prophesy your divine call, but they're going to also prophesy your earthly call. Come on, somebody. God is releasing something mighty and powerful on tonight. This is a life-changing Encounter with God on tonight. What's on the table? What's on the table? What is on the table? What's on the table is not only God prepared a feast, but the Lord says, I am the feast. Hallelujah. God says, I am the delicious feast prepared for you. Hallelujah. I know that you have been in a valley of the, the deepest darkness. Amen. Hallelujah. But God says, I'm bringing my comfort into your life it is going to remove the fear amen that this season is trying to place upon you hallelujah but you the lord says you'll never be lonely for i am not just near to you but i am in you and i won't just prepare a feast for you hallelujah but God, you are my delicious feast. And even though God is my feast, he says he will prepare a table even in the presence of my enemies. Amen. Even when my enemies dare to fight. Amen. But my enemies will be there. See, the enemies of Elisha were there. Amen. Those prophets, I believe the enemy was trying to set them up, amen, to be enemies of him. But this is what the word of God tells us, that even though the Lord is preparing a table, it's, we're not going to be alone. And we're going to have some people there that we may not want to be there, but it is part of the will of God because they are going to become the testimony that God is with you. They're going to be the first partakers that the Lord is anointing you. He's anointing your head with oil. He's anointing you with the fragrance of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. He's going he's gonna to cause you to drink and to eat of him Amen. until your heart overflows. Hallelujah. God is going to shower you with his goodness and his love. As a matter of fact, they're going to pursue you, not just in this season, but all the days of your life. And then afterward, amen, even when your life is over, then hallelujah, you're going to enter into the glorious presence and be with the Lord forever. So now is the beginning of your forever. Now is the time you can be in the glorious presence of God, and it doesn't have to stop because the Lord has anointed you with oil. His fragrance is upon you even at the same table as your mockers are there and your enemies are there, but continue to pray prophesy even in their presence because I'm telling you the prophetic word is going to turn them around and they're going to prophesy right back at you and they're going to tell you your divine call and your earthly call. God is a good God. He is a mighty God. He is an awesome God. And the Lord is telling me to tell the people to continue to know that I'm going to speak to you in your dreams. Yes, I'm going to speak to you in your dreams, even as I spoke to Jacob, amen, in Genesis chapter 28, verse 12. Even as I spoke to Samuel, hallelujah, I'm going to speak to my people because God says too many are just waiting to hear from me once they wake up. But God says you should actually lay down with expectation, amen. You should lay down knowing that I'm going to communicate to you. 
even while you sleep, amen, I'm telling you it will change your life. For, for statistically, we spend one-third of our lives. Can you imagine that? We spend 25 years asleep. Isn't that amazing? And so if you think that God is just going to waste that time, he's not. But the Lord wants us to be more aware. How did that, I feel an anointing on that word. He wants us to be aware that he is speaking to us even as we sleep. But we have to capture what he is communicating, and we have to know Amen. And discern what he wants to say to us, even while we sleep, symbolically meaning that even in the night season of your life, the Lord will continue to speak to you. He doesn't just speak to you in quote-unquote good times, amen, but he speaks to you even in your night season, just as naturally he speaks to you at night time, amen. And I believe the Lord is going to open up the portals and speak to us even on tonight, but you have to be aware of it and you have to expect it. The Lord says, it's time to be in expectation, to know that I will speak to you, and I desire to give you a very pertinent message, the Lord says, even on tonight. So look forward to it, the Lord says. Hallelujah. The Lord says, look forward to it. Hallelujah. Thank God for a Sabbath rest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm. Like Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11. Hebrews chapter 4 says, Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. Amen. For the word of God is alive and active. Hallelujah. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. The Lord says, I'm bringing a revival of speaking to my my people in the realm of their thoughts. Hallelujah. The Lord says, I'm purifying my people with my sword, which is the word of God. That's why the word of God is so important, because it divides between, hallelujah, the soul and the spirit, so you will know what is you. And what is of the Lord, hallelujah, is is so important. And how to wield it is so important. And the Lord is going to cause those of you who are like Peter and who need to learn how to use the sword, amen. The the Lord wasn't met with Peter, per se, but Peter demonstrated that he didn't know how to use the sword when he cut off the ear. Amen, of that centurion. And and the, the revelation that God gave me, amen, was that what the Scripture said, let he that hath an ear, an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Amen. So mm. Jesus, who was standing right in front of the centurion, how could this man hear the gospel if we cut the ear off? And so we can't cut the ear off of people. We have to allow them to have an ear so they can receive the word of the Lord. Amen. And so, in other words, we have to learn how to use the word of God, not to tear people down, amen, but to give people an opportunity to have a revelation of what's standing right in front of them. Jesus was right in front of the centurion. Peter should have trusted the Lord to know that there was something more that Jesus was was trying to convey. Jesus wasn't in danger. 
Amen. He was trying to convey something, and and Peter intervened. He was using the sword the wrong way, just the way that many of us use the word the wrong way. And so the Lord says, instead of tearing people down, use it to build people up, even when you feel offended. Amen. Because the Lord says, if I'm not offended in that moment, why should you be? And so the Lord is saying, don't mm. use the in that way. Amen. Let he that hath an ear, an ear. Amen. I could see literally a vision amen, of Jesus holding the bloody ear in his hand. Amen. And saying that, let he that hath an ear. That At that moment, that guard had what, how many ears? He had one ear. And so he was saying, let he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, I mean, that's Jesus, what the Spirit is saying to the church. The church, Peter represented the church, amen, upon this rock. So Peter really represented all of us in that moment, in the mistakes that all of us, not just him, but all of us have made and potentially will make with how we misuse the word of God. But the Lord is saying, Learn to use the word wisely with the unbeliever, mm. with people who don't have a level of revelation that we may have. Hallelujah. First, oh God, the Lord says, First Corinthians chapter two, verse nine. Hallelujah. It says, However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love, love him. him. Hallelujah. Mm. These are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit. spirit the spirit. Yes, hallelujah. Lord. Searches all things, even the deep things of God. See, before we speak, before we post anything, before we say anything, make sure that you have gone as deep as you can possibly go to get an understanding. Because even things that are going on right now in our nation, people weren't prophesying this per se. You know, people weren't prophesying this, a lot of the specifics. They were pro- prophesying in generality. But what the Lord is saying is go deeper so I can reveal more to you of what's going on. Because, see, a lot of times we're shaken because we're operating in a realm that we shouldn't be in because we're supposed to know. Because God says, I won't do certain things unless I reveal it first to my servants, the prophets. Well, why don't you know? It's not because God's mad at you. He's not mad at you. You're just not going deep enough. The 11th verse says, For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So you can't access the God unless you are in the spirit. Remember, they that worship me must worship me in spirit. Amen. The 12th verse says, what we have received is not the spirit of the world, amen, but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. The last verse is the 13th verse. Amen. And it says, this is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. Amen. 
So be blessed, people of God. And I just pray that this blessed you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, it's it's amazing how the word that you brought forth completely describes what we went through. So in combination, when we were hiking over the James River and the Lord told me to blow the shofar over the James River. Mm. Mm. So we blew like the kids, mm. they were all around me. So I had children on the left of me, children on the right of me, and I was blowing the shofar. And then Charlene said to me, she said, what is that? But she had never heard of the shofar. So she was like, wow. could you send that to me? So even though we were there to, to take the children out to educate them historically what happened on the James River, there was a bigger picture that God was revealing naturally, supernaturally. Mm. We went over and we looked at the water gates. Now, I know, James, that you're, I know you're going to hear through this message, okay? Mm-hmm. So we were teaching the children about what happened on the James River and how they would utilize the water gates to flood this area when the waters were too low in the river. But then they would release the water in the water gate when the waters were high enough for the boats to go through. After we came back up the stairs, we took the children on a trail. Okay? And before we went on the trail, there was a little green snake that came across the path. And I said, Charlene, I'm going to come from the rear guard and you go from the front guard. And she said, okay. She said, I'll take the front and make sure, you know, anything. And I said, and I'll make sure, you know, that the children aren't falling, you know, because the, the trails up there are pretty, they're not really wide, you know, and it's pretty steep down that you know, down the mountainside, and we hiked around. Now, check this out. We got around to the top, and there was, like, this little graveyard up there. And in the graveyard was a tombstone that said Peter's. And when we left that gravestone, that's when I pled the blood of I pled that we can still go over a little bit, she said, because it just will remind us. But she said to, um, I, I told the children and Charlene to come to me because I wanted to plead the blood of Jesus over us before we went on the trail of trees. The tree fell, but it brought a fresh wind. And I asked God today, why did that tree Why did that tree fall? And the Lord said that he had uprooted Pharaoh and that the wealth of the wicked that has been laid up for the righteous will now come back to the hands of the righteous. Wow. And I said, okay, God. Well, we gathered the children, and, you know, I should have taken pictures just because, you know, I, I like to take the pictures just to have 
I think sometimes, you know, you're, you're sharing with people prophetically, but because people want to see, I always have the witness of a photo. But on that day, I had a witness. My friend was with me. And, um, and then um, when I got home, you know, I was kind of shaken up and I was sharing about what happened and about how, you know, this was not isolation. It was preparation. This was Jesus wears the crown. Jesus wears the crown, not the coronavirus. Jesus wears the crown. And, you know, many times I had prayed and asked God for a way to homeschool the children. And because of this, I was able to homeschool my children. With the things that we have gone through, even within my own family unit, it has now brought our family together in a way that it was not operating before. And I asked the Lord again, I said, why am I feeling this much pain? I said, I'm not complaining, Lord, but why am I feeling this pain? I felt the pain with the girl in the abortion clinic. And now I'm feeling this pain again. And he said, because with the pain that you're going through, I am catapulting you into your purpose. So there are things that we may go through in life, and they may seem really, really painful. But when we take the higher perspective like you said, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. So we dig deeper into the well, the well of knowledge. We dig into the word, lining up spirit and truth, because once spirit is lined up with truth, then the seed is matured, and then it can be planted, or it has grown, and then it bears good fruit, or then that steak's been marinated, and now you have the meat of the message, and then you can feed the flock. When we worship God, we worship God in spirit and truth. When I, the next day, it was like the day after I had actually prayed with your wife on the phone, just crying out to God on behalf of all of the children and praying that there's a move that, that shuts down Planned Parenthood that goes in and, and gets the rest of these people that are committing pedophilia and shutting them down. And then the Lord said to me, I asked him, I said, why the trees? And he said, I am the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. He said, go read Isaiah 55 and 12. I said, okay. He said, I've been preparing you, meaning you, the body of Christ, the church. For you shall go out with joy and be led out with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth into singing before you. And all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Even the trees bow down to the most high God. And trees are are inanimate objects, although, yes, they're rooted and they, they have to have water and sunlight just like us. But even the trees bow down.
God is so faithful. The blood will never lose its power. God is so worthy to be praised. And that is why we put ourselves lower to put him on high. He is the pioneer. He's the one that created the heavens and the earth. The most high will be glorified as our nation is being restored. It's time for us to all go to our secret place. And we can walk to a different drum we can you know what what is that saying walk to the beat of a different drum we can all be different but the drum beat that our ears need to hear is the heartbeat of the father thank you Jesus Thank you, Father. We don't have to always believe the things that we see and hear in the natural, on media, on the Internet, on our cell phones. God is saying it's time for elevation, for a Holy Spirit sensation across all nations under God. But it starts with us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And as he takes us deeper, down to the deepest part of the well, where the water is so pure, he fills us up And he catapults us through the process, even when it's painful, so that we can see from on high and soar like eagles. And the wait may have been long, but the word in Isaiah 40 and 31 says, those that wait upon the Lord shall mount upon the wings of an eagle. And we are so grateful to you, oh God. And we thank you, Father, for you alone are worthy to be praised. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I don't know about anyone else, but everything that was released tonight answered almost every question I've had for the last several weeks in my own life. 
um, everything you released tonight about, um, you know, the proper mockers and how to handle yourself and the growing and maturing. Everything that was released tonight, I can honestly say in my own life has just, I've been sitting here just taking all in, trying to breathe and not just, um, I don't know, just become so overwhelmed. And I've been crying. That's, you can probably tell because my nose is stopped up now. But um, it has been really a blessing. Um, and I know that it's helped other people. I know that there are other listeners that have um, – something has broken tonight. It's, something has broken in my home. Something has broken in my own heart. Um, there was um, – so there was a presence. I don't want to say a presence, but there was there was something on – Oh, I mean, it's been on me for a while, and just tonight after what's been released, after um, Lady Lily singing, you know, Jennifer's stuff she's released, the, the stuff that you've said, um, Pastor James, honestly, you've set me free. So I just want to honor all of you guys and just say that I love you all, you know, with the love of Jesus, and that I just honor what you carry, you know, and I just bless you all in the name of Jesus and just pray, you know, as you all have poured out that, you know, God continues to pour in and just continues to bless everything that your hands touch because you truly are a blessing to the body of Christ and I'm very grateful for all of you. I really am. Mm. Well, we're grateful for you too, Lisey. You, you know, yeah, Lisey, um, day in and day out, you know, she's always the first one that will send me a message. Um, we're really connected uh, in a way that is almost unexplicable. And um, it is an honor for us to serve the Most High God. We're in this together. All of us are a part of the puzzle, all cut differently, fashioned differently. But yet when you lay all the pieces out and you put them all together, it creates the bigger picture. And we couldn't do a lot of the stuff that we do without you either, Lisey. So we honor you, you. and you are a blessing to us as well. So, um, Lily, do you uh, mind uh, singing us out to end the um, to end the recording? I will. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus.